Cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show. I'm Brett Levy, and with me is Brett Lindsay, also known as B1 and B2. I'm B2. Brett oh. Lindsay's B2. Are you B2? Just okay. to avoid confusion. <laughs> How's it, B2? How's it going? Yeah, cool, man. Lekker, man. Good to be back in studio. I'm so glad we've got a new time slot. I'm so glad that we've got an hour, and I'm so glad that we're still here. So thanks, guys, for supporting us, because if we, you weren't, then we wouldn't be here either. This is oh. awesome. And on that note, if anyone wants to join us, uh, we need to get all the details through to you. Um, yeah, well, you, you can send, you send your tweet through to at cliffcentral.com, hashtag futurology. Just ask us uh, any question you want today. We are specifically talking about the Internet of Things. Or hashtag IOT. Excellent. If you want to phone in, rather, the number is 0861-555-189. And then, you know, Twitter and Facebook and WeChat. I always laugh when I read 555. Uh, it's like I think of the movies, you know. <laughs> My number is 555. Yeah, Beverly Hills. <laughs> okay, so not to break uh, too many traditions, uh, I always like to talk about an app that I've come across in the last week. Um and seeing that we're talking about the Internet of Things, and we're going to explain that a little bit further, but the premise of it is the fact that we're connected. I came across a really, really cool app this week. I think I say that every week, but it really yeah. was a cool week. And look, there's a billion apps, so they're always going to be cool apps. But it's called Rabbit. So like the little cute, funny, buzzy thing, and I mean with Easter around the corner, it's probably apt that we have uh, talking about bunnies. But Rabbit, which the website, if I'm not mistaken, is rabb. IT. Um, the idea behind Rabbit is, you know how, like, we were doing it just now, Brett was saying, have you seen X or did you watch Y or whatever yeah. it is? And uh, the normal response in this day and age with the amount of content that we have is, no, it's on my queue, I'm going to get to it, etc., etc. So what Rabbit does, if you think of Skype and you have this um, this platform that's open yeah. where you can chat or share or FaceTime or video time and all those good things. Rabbit allows you to bring in content as well. So you can open your Netflix stream or your Hulu stream. Yes, for all those people listening out there, we are in South Africa and we're not supposed to have those things and we don't and we didn't. This is was if we were sitting in America. But you can also take YouTube or any other form of content that you've had and then invite someone to join you on Rabbit and you can share That's it. That's cool. So you can do it from a, a from a PC or a Mac, and you can do it from an app as well on your you phone. You can do it from a thing. A thing. Well, this is what I was getting to. There nice. we go. You like uh, following me? I can read it. your mind. I'm so glad to hear that we've been doing this long enough. Nice. So I've been playing with that, and um, yeah, I mean it. It it is bandwidth heavy, as you can imagine. The person that's initiating is holding the content on their account, mm. and then obviously shifting it off. But if you if you ever want to collaborate with someone, or let's say you've you've shot a, a video and you need to edit it. You don't have to edit, send that file. You just run it live, sit there and talk. Oh, and that's the other thing, sorry. You can type and you can talk over the video stream as well. So it's as if you were sitting there watching TV yeah, you with someone. with the annoying person that always talks during the movie. There is a mute button. Oh, wow. They've thought of that too. So if you're like, watch this next scene when he comes out and he kills him. Oh, thanks. I haven't seen that movie yet. But uh, yeah. Almost the same as watching it in real life, but better. But better. Because it's over the internet and we're talking about the internet and we're yes. talking about the internet of things or right. the thinknet. The thing, I love that. I like say say that again. The thing to net. The thing to net. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a horror story around that somewhere. Like, da 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 da, the thing to net is coming. And it's like, <laughs> all the things rise up. The rise of the machines is true. Well, I mean, if you take that, I, I have a lovely little anecdote on that. Um, 
I'm not going to name and shame because I know they definitely listen to the show. But there's a member of my family or close circle, so that way I'm off the the hook on on which side just of it. Sending everybody down the river. Yeah, I'm okay, just cool. basically. But when when like office internet and home internet really first started, so I'm going back quite mm. a few years. Um, I would get this frantic phone call. I've lost the internet thingy. <laughs> You're laughing now. I mean, this yeah. is a serious thing. They've lost the internet thingy. So, what I eventually figured out, <laughs> what I eventually figured out was the internet thingy is the shortcut that you place on a desktop yeah. to take you to whatever the that program that was. Chrome or something else. Correct. So now that we have the Internet of Things, hopefully this person never loses the Internet thing again. Well, they'll be or the thing to net. Yeah. That's a hashtag we've got to start including. I think so. Well, we've, we've thrown it in. So if you guys have got some stuff, ask us about the thing to net. Let's hashtag thing to net. Um, just cool. to backtrack a little bit, the Internet of Things, according to Wikipedia, the short definition is the network of physical objects, so devices, vehicles, buildings, and other items embedded with electronics, software, sensors, and network connectivity that enables these objects to collect and exchange data. Now, everybody would have seen there's there's uh, the new Apple iWatch is out and the Samsung Ga- the Samsung Gear is out. Like these are all wearables, but they all are, form part of the Internet of Things. These are things that talk to the cloud, talk to the information around them and you, without your direct interaction okay so let's take a step back there you know this all started on machine to machine technology Mm -hmm. and uh i mean you know we've all seen applications where you do something or a a machine will phone you or even i mean even a vending machine in theory that it that sends out airtime is a machine to machine or an internet of things connected device i don't think people really realize how powerful this IoT technology is and how, more importantly, it's going to invade or maybe be a friend in your home. I mean, you had some some wonderful numbers just now. Yeah, so I found a um, a awesome sort of infographic from uh, mobilefuture.org, and uh, they're actually talking about the Internet of Things uh, and the mobile future. And they reckon there are about... There are 328 million things connect to the Internet each month. So that's every single month. 328 million things connect to the internet. Okay, now again, just to jump in there, these are things that are connecting. This is not you connecting They're via connecting your phone. They're because they feel they have to Correct. rather than you it's actually a machine. telling them to. Yeah. Okay. You haven't lost the internet thingy. It's doing it by itself. <laughs> okay, now I think and one then, more other thing. Yeah. On 328 million, that is like what? That's uh, a lot. Five times the size of the South African population. Yeah. Are connecting to the internet luckily, by themselves. Luckily, this is all reliant on the global crowdsource interactions so okay, cool. yeah yeah globally there are a lot of things on the inter- on the think internet by 2022 here's the scary thing by 2022 the average home will contain 500 smart devices so your fridge your microwave your stove your bath and one thing i'd like to, i wanted to try and do with you today was let's see if we can get through a day in the think internet and you can talk about because there literally isn't a, a single thing or industry or market that has not been touched by the internet of things already so your bed you can get a bed with a duvet that tells you what your temperature is you can get a pillow depends who you're sleeping next to i don't need an internet to tell me that it's either hot or cold specifically hot okay. specifically cold. it's great for parents like imagine your, your little one we've got those uh, angel care things and they put in but that's not quite the thing to it so you get your your connected bed or your connected pillow uh, one thing they've done. But why would they do that? So is that to control temperature, like you're, you're replacing your hot blanket? 
or is that to measure your sleep patterns? Because I mean, we also well, have wearables that. Well, do for that. for practical use, I mean, you think about a connected blanket; it'll be really useful in a, in a hospital environment. So you you constantly checking. I mean, right. I know you can have sensors on them; you connect the humans to sensors. But um, why not have some sort of technology that's incorporated into, you know, other functional things? It's about repurposing or re. Or combining these Actually these I can things. think of that straight away yeah. Take And stay on that example Take yeah. the sensors off the table If you have a fever And you're hot And you're sweating Then the material will actually pick that up And yeah. send a different message through That the sensors wouldn't pick up Okay so that makes sense But now 500 Brett I mean Five, in, in one house 500 eh? I know people are sitting out there going Oh no way uh, This is 2022 you know? So we are talking what That's only 6 years away but Okay but here's the scary thing I I bet there's already 50 to 100 in most modern I'm homes. Sure, yeah. You know, people are going, no, I don't have a smart fridge. And it's not just the fridge. Everyone keeps going back to the obvious. Yeah. You know? Um, the, I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I have a bedside clock. Yeah. That's an internet of thing. It yeah. works off Wi-Fi and it, it pre-programs and it schedules my news and everything to come through yeah. by well, itself. That's the thing you would do coming out of your connected bed. Then you've got your alarm clock that wakes you up and triggers your Nespresso machine to start making your coffee, tells the toaster to actually start doing its thing with the toaster or the toast and then uh, you, you've got your whole breakfast sort of done before you've even gotten to the shower and it's ready to serve and ready to go so the, the internet of things is helping speed up the world as if we needed to get any faster it's really starting to optimize mundane process which is really cool from that aspect I see us all looking like the people from Wally. Yes. Hey, I mean, exactly. it's just going that route. Yeah. That's the problem though, is that the, the more connected we get, this hyper-connectedness, uh, leads to a sort of level of complacency. People start to rely too heavily on the internet of things that they don't do anything mes- themselves. Oh, I mean, you've seen, I, well, I don't know if you've seen, but I mean, on my watch, it tells me to stand up. <laughs> it, it, it tells, it says. Breathe in. Breath, uh, I breathe got, out. I, no, I haven't gone that bad yet. <laughs> but it actually says to me, you know, to meet stand up goals, you should yeah. stand once, one minute every hour. Yeah. It's good for concentration, blah, blah, blah. But the damn thing pings. Yeah. You know, I'll be sitting there watching a movie and it goes, ping, it's time to stand up. I'm like, really? Yeah. You know? Well, the next, the next stat actually on this, um, uh, mobile, Future.org uh, infographic is that 71% of people say that wearable tech has improved their health and fitness. And I mean, if it, oh. if that works for you, the, the nice thing about it as well that we're living in such a gamified society as well where, uh, you know, next level goals, you know, it's this incremental improvement. You don't need to aim for the big goal at the end. You just, just the, today, just, just do this. Just do one extra setup. Just stand up. And, People are gradually, and that's one thing that I do like about the wearable side of Internet of Things is that it is driving for a more healthy. So we, we're trying to avoid the Wally scenario where we all end up on our like little, you know, quadriplegic walkways or floating hoverboards. I uh, didn't. Re- so, sorry, I, I didn't read the article today, but uh, Discovery is in a little bit of hot water. I don't know if you saw they've they've now basically said um, most of the wearables that people have invested yeah. in, based on the software are no longer going to be recognized for your goal attainment. Um, I'd be very interested to see or hear their feedback and think, maybe we should put yeah. them on the hot seat, hot seat sometime. Well, that's the wonderful thing about Internet of Things. When we're talking about it as a broad topic, it's so diverse, and there there really isn't anything that the Internet of Things isn't touching. I mean, it's it's going to revolutionize how sport is being played. I mean, you've, we've already seen it on the back of the Rugby World Cup, on the guys that, on their jerseys, they had the their sort of chips, so we could track 
how fast they were running, how what the average speed was during a game, how much they were running between stand or not or standing. Um, and you could actually start doing sort of thermo, thermographics with where they were on the field, so the hotspot zones of action throughout the match. And that's really, really cool. But that doesn't just – it's not just cool stats. That information is now being interpreted to actually make a lot more um, – Opportunities happen for well. We're we going to make uh, cooler, cooler, more breathable uh, tops, or are we going to do something that speeds up the game, or are we going to have quarters in rugby? It's those kind of things that start to play, and it's going to have a huge impact with sport. Well, apparently, I've just had a message come through. They do that in cricket as well. Yes. Um, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of cricket, but I can imagine something like <laughs> I'm getting a strange look for saying yeah. that. No, no. Well, I think Winter and I are going to give you the same look. Uh, what? I say a lot. I didn't say I don't watch cricket, but. Um, is that more like on the T20 side? I couldn't imagine on five days. I think the batteries on the machines would run out no, of, I think of, of power before someone got through five days. Well, the, one, the wonderful thing about – well, j- just generally sports <laughs> sports statistics been a massive industry for ages. I mean, you get um, – actuarial scientists are now like turning away from accounts and finance and actually going into sport because people actually care about – Numbers. Yeah. Yeah. How many studs you have on the bottom of your golf shoe. And uh, – but with cricket specifically, I mean, you, it's all about speed. It's all about accuracy. It's all about where the balls hits, runs and sixes and strike rates and stuff. So, I mean, it's been there a long time. But now we've just got that information a lot quicker. And because that information has become a lot quicker, um, people have gotten access to this information. So the general Joe Bloggs, so Muntu and I have got access to this information maybe before the commentators even got it. Um, and I don't know if uh, you have someone in your family that's a sports fanatic where you sit on the couch and they say something before the commentator says it. And, like, my wife's one of those. She'll say yeah, it all the time. My father's one of yeah. those. I mean, it's... Riff, you're missing a bloody exactly. good game. And, yeah, you've, you've just happened to look at the right uh, piece of information at the right time and you've got all the world's knowledge at your fingertips now and you, you can really take on the best and the best. But it's because of this access to information but i think we're digressing with cool. sports so much but it is it, there's going to be a huge amount of change uh, in this in that sort of industry um one side of it uh, the next sort of stat i'm just going to stand this because it was really interesting was the nearly 72 percent of homeowners want self-adjusting thermostats and remote door locks they obviously don't live in south africa <laughs> no oh. one's going to trust their locks to some uh, internet of things device <laughs> well if you if you've got 50 k's between you and the thing and you're on your way down to durban and your wife's like did you remember to close the gate or lock the door and you're like Mm, at least it's a lot better to, than turning around to just go click lock. Um, and you're right though. There, there's a certain amount of trust put into these things. I think so. But the thermostat's quite interesting. In fact, Nest, which yes. is, uh, I mean, that's one of the ex big boys of, of Apple or Google. Yeah. Well, I can't Google, remember Google, that. Google, um, or Google's now acquired Nest. It's one of those. I know one of the big guys, I think they call themselves Alphabet now, which is Google's holding company. Um, they, you know, they've hedged on that for obvious reasons. I mean, if you can get a device in a home that's controlled or linked to your infrastructure, then they're getting all that kind of data. How do you, if it's, if you set, I mean, just, here's a great example for the listeners, mm. talking about your thermostat, because now it makes sense. If I've set my thermostat to, let's say, 22 degrees centigrade, which seems to be the optimum in the southern hemisphere, okay, and it's connected, Advertisers mm. will know that 32% of homes in Gauteng are at 22 degrees, yeah. which means that they should be selling them coffee or ice creams or whatever that temperature is. I yeah. mean, that's the kind of data that we're going to get from this IoT. Now, one of the other things on top of thermostats and being able to do things in your home, uh, we were looking – well, we had a, 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 a 
you for a house in Waterfall Estate, and they're going very strong with the smart village idea. And one of the sort of case studies that they dreamt up was you could be on your way home from work stuck in traffic, and you're like, well, I could really do with a bath. So you could dial in, and you could like say, I want a bath, um, and I want it ready by this time. Or it, it would it would know where you are in traffic, and by the time you're home, it would have that bath poured to the right level at the right temperature. But now the Internet of Things starts to work in where you've got flow meters in your taps. So now we know how much water consumption you're using, but real-time water consumption, not like after the fact. And that information could then be available to, let's take Redox for an, for an example, the guys that make bubble baths or, or shower. You seem shops. to talk a lot about bathing and showering, Brett. I, um, I like to I like to work to live, not live to work. Right, so I okay. try and find any excuse to stop working so I can go and just have this bath and have a Johnny Walker Black at the end of the day or some other type of Japanese whiskey. Thank you, thank you. And uh, yeah, but but the idea here now, this is where the Internet of Things and the the information behind it becomes really inf- really. Interesting because this information then goes to say the marketing departments at Radox and they can say, wow, in this estate, more people are using, are pouring this much, this many liters, oops, this many liters of, um, of water at the end of the day. So they can assume then from, and it's all about interpreting this data. You can have as much raw data as you want, but, uh, you've got to interpret it. So these guys will take it and they say more people are running, 60% of the people are running baths than are showering in the evening. So let's focus on that demographic now for bubble baths, bath salts and all that. So you've got a more sniper focused marketing campaign because of the usage. And this is power that marketers and businesses and brands have never had before. So this internet of things, look, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a blessing and a curse. And I think it depends on what side of it you want to look at it, but it's one of those things that it's inevitable. It's, it's coming. It's already here. Um, in a home near you, sir. Yeah, it's it's there. It really is. It's in a home near you now. <laughs> right this second, exactly. Um, so, and every, it's everything. Biometrics, water consumption, uh, heat of your home. And they're going to do a better job at looking after our planet through eco-awareness and uh, thermostat and heat and all these kind of things, uh, carbon c- uh, footprint consumption. They're going to do a better thing, a better job of monitoring that than we are. So let's leave it up to the machines. But at a certain point... You know, we have to be aware of what we're doing with these things. So I'm going to just throw it okay. over to you. So, carrying on on those stats, because I mm. mean, I've obviously looked at the same data you are. The yeah. one that really freaks my bean is that by 2025, not most, not all, every was the word that they put yep. down. Every vehicle will be connected. Yep. I mean, that's not a long way away. It's less than two decades by a year, but it's less than two decades. Uh, no, it's one decade. We're 26 is nine years. Sherbet. <laughs> Hey, Muntu, when it comes to calculating, just yeah, don't remember B1, not B2. I married a math teacher. I got complacent oh, on you, that side. You're going to get into trouble for that one. But I mean, okay, 2025, nine years away. Yeah. Okay. Every vehicle will be connected. That's freaking scary. It's terrifying. But on the same note, the positives are that. No more sitting in unnecessary traffic. You you know, you reroute the, the vehicle before you get there. Yeah. Um, driver error is probably, what, 100%? of the problems of car crashes. Um, now we can start to control and mitigate that. It's really nice, but uh, I still don't see it happening. I mean, we live in a third world country and uh, I mean, I've, I've been to Africa. I've seen, I've been stuck for like many hours in Kampala and I've seen how, you know, great traffic. It's not going to get there in nine years. So like this idea of 2025, it's a very first world. I was going to say, this is probably an American study yeah. and we all know the world series of everything is American. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so let's, let's, let's add our own clever to that. But I think the cool thing, if we should have that, it would mean that, uh, no more, no more chochos. 
Yeah. So you won't have to. No. <laughs> you won't have to pay for it, George. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's crazy. I think. I think though, that that stat is accurate for America. Huh? I mean, can you imagine every every connected car? But Joe, why not? Car I mean, connected, and they, and they're doing it. I mean, yeah. you you were t- we spoke with John last week about mm. Mobile World Congress, and we had we had TomTom on a couple of weeks ago. We had the vice president for TomTom Global, and he was saying how they're working really hard on getting these uh, connected roads. So again, Internet of Things. Not only the cars are connected, but the roads themselves are connected. The We've places. We've got a project here doing that. I, I yeah, it's called E-Toll. That's <laughs> no, called corrupted roads. Roads, <laughs> but the connected roads. There was, I think, it was the guys in Stellenbosch or Tux. One of yeah. these, they were doing a, a stretch of road that they were they were testing connectivity yeah. based on vehicle information and, and feedback. Um, but if you're going to have connected cars, it makes sense that you'd have the network that's connecting them as well. Sure. But, so the road actually acts as that. Think but we have to have the network. Yes. That's the secret. I heard somewhere, I, I can't quote it right now, but I heard somewhere that there is a, one of the Scandinavian countries are working on a road that actually charges electronic cars. So you've got these electric vehicles driving around, but you've got the charge acting as the power bay. So while you're driving on the road, you're essentially charging your vehicle. That's like those walls. But how awesome is that? But the, the, yeah, the power wall by the Tesla. The power wall, yeah, where you actually just by sitting there. I mean, you imagine watching TV and your hair starts to move forward because of these <laughs> like QR waves that are coming off you. I feel smarter, you. but yet I'm not going to do anything about <laughs> it because the things <laughs> have got it sorted. <laughs> the other other stat that was quite interesting is that by 2018, which is, mm. I mean, that's, sorry, Brett, let me do this slowly. We're in 16, 17, 18, two years from now. <laughs> look at the fingers. Yeah, um, look at the fingers. <laughs> 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 nice. Um, so, but you didn't need to be a genius to figure out what's happening in studio at that point. <laughs> I'll give you half back. How's that way? <laughs> by 2018, half of the half of the connected devices were used half. by business. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So at least now, if business is embracing it, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. Because it makes it, it makes business more efficient. Yeah. It means you can take business home with you. Sorry, that's my um, Internet of Things telling me to go home. See. Okay. Telling me. Off you go now. You, shouldn't you stand up right about now? Uh, hold on. <laughs> no, not yet. Um, but basically, if we if we can have work or, or let's call it industry yeah. adopting and, and embracing IoT, mm. then it makes it easier for people to do it at home. Yeah. But it also makes it easier for us to monitor yeah. at home. Well, you know, so don't tell me you were sick today. Um, your TV just turned on and told me you're not. <laughs> exactly. You know, how's, ca- ne- how's Netflix going Your couch you? is registering a comfy temperature of 37.6 <laughs> degrees. You are definitely on it. But we're joking. Yeah. I mean, this is going to happen. You oh, know, yeah. You, you oh, know? it's happening already. We've got some use studies at the moment in the medical uh, dispensation or dispensing. Let's go with distribution, shall we? Okay. I'm having a good day today. Uh, <laughs> the medical distribution sort of uh, industry where you have to keep uh, – your medicine at a specific temperature. So we've got these remote thermostats that are connecting with parcels or sitting with with them in their storage units and actually monitoring the ambient temperature that they're being stored at. Wow, that's cool. So now if they ever go, if a, if it, like an entire lot goes over a certain temperature for a certain amount of time, uh, they can, that little unit will then notify the manufacturer and say, look, lot number so-and-so is on its way to there and has now been compromised. And it's really important, especially especially in Africa and, and stuff, where we're trying to get sort of tuberculosis uh, medicine out or re- antiretrovirals out. You really are battling with yeah, this one because I had only one coffee today. Okay. And, uh, yeah, no, but that, that you get that medicine. It's really, really important. But you can see that a lot of the Internet of Things has been put in place for pla- through necessity. How can we make this better? And for for the most part, I reckon that that's exactly why. Um, the Internet of Things is going to spread so well and it's going to be diverse because there is going to be so much need um, as the world starts to turn 
I just want to go back to your coffee stuff. idea. I think the yeah. people at Nespresso should be listening and have one of those little machines Look, delivered here. So well, we, we are looking for sponsorship of the show. So if anybody's keen, there Nespresso, we go. you guys are doing some amazing stuff and it keeps me going. I tell you, we, we call, uh, yeehaw. Go, come Nespresso. <laughs> right. There was a shameless punt and a, and a shameless request. Come on. Um, we call developers people that turn code, uh, coffee into code actually at, uh, at, at our side. It's, and it works really well. There we go. Yeah. But, now, he has a, he has a gray area, or is it a gray area? You know, the entertainment side is saying that they're driving smart homes, and a smart home and an Internet of Things, it, it, it's gray for me. Mm. Do we count a smart TV as an Internet of Thing, or is that now a peripheral? You know what I mean? Or, or are we over-engineering this whole concept? The fact that it connects and it can get stuff by itself and it can update, does that tick that box? Because then this type of step makes sense. I think... When you talk smart home, you have to understand that the conversation with data is both is goes two ways. Uh, you're not just it's not just the machines talking to the machines; it's you interacting with that machine and the machine recording your history of usage. Um, and what's starting to happen with smart home specifically is that things that you do and that create trends in your daily patterns start to dic- things get done for you without you having to be a part of it. And that's where the connected home or the smart home gets involved, where um, you put your milk into your fridge and it can measure the weight of the milk jug by, you know, on a scale in the shelf and know that you're running out of milk. So it can order milk for you so that the next day the guy knocks on the door and you've got milk. Now, you haven't had any part of that but usage. Uh, Same as uh, your television. You're going to start streaming uh, a whole bunch of uh, series and movies and it's going to start trending the movies you like, the series that you like, um, and also the periods that you like to watch TV. So it can even go down to the, the fact of Brett likes to consume 25 minutes of content at a time. He doesn't like to sit through three hours of movies. So it, you'll get a whack load of related uh, content that is 25 minutes long that you'll start to connect with. But, but again, you haven't done anything than you would have anything more than you wouldn't ordinarily have done. So your TV starts to become connected to your likes, your trends pushes that back to the cloud and then analytics marketing and all that get involved now it's a it's quite a big topic as well if you want to like you get lost into what the cloud is i mean we've sure. we've broken down the definition yeah. of a cloud to a computer somewhere else just to try and help people out with this idea but the internet of things i mean when you start talking about these numbers of 328 million connected devices a month well that's what i'm saying because i mean if you know they're throwing stats out there of 56 billion dollars um, by 2018 because of the entertainment side of it. But that makes sense because everyone's going to get a TV, everyone's going to get an Apple TV or Roku or any of the other devices. Yeah. Um, you know, that number then seems pretty attainable uh, in, in two years. Yeah. The, the, the next step that I have to say quickly and then move on because it says that by 2020, 100 million light bulbs and lamps, well, <laughs> it doesn't count to us. We've got ESCOM. Yeah. Um, if we could just get ESCOM to turn on the freaking lights, I don't care whether they connect it or not. But, I mean, 100 million light bulbs and then making things like that connected makes such sense yeah. for saving yeah. and for replacement. Yeah. And you, know? you think about it, it's not just your lamps and your, your light bulbs in your house. It's also the no, street, street the lights. Street lights. So they, yeah. they're connecting street lamps. And the nice thing about the street lamps uh, connected with something like Li-Fi, where you've got uh, these neighborhoods now become hotspot zones. So you've got Wi-Fi connectedness as well. But... They're only getting used exactly when they need to get used. And it's that, that's that whole, awesome. Exactly. Yeah, that is awesome. And you start using passives, you start using um, activity monitors on the roads themselves or when, as soon as there's somebody's using the access point that that light is sharing, 
uh, it then says, well, somebody's obviously here. Let's produce a little bit more light. So you can up the, it can dim and brighten, or dim and brighten. Yeah. As I mean, you've to. you've said in the car when your dad dri- has been driving as a kid, you've gone, oh look, the lights are on. I'm paying taxes, and it's be, you know yeah. being left on the day. We've all had that conversation. I yeah. mean, now that we pay taxes, we have that same conversation. Yeah. No lights at night when we need them, but all day are you know they're sitting there burning. Yeah. So this makes sense. This yeah. is where IoT really, really comes to the forefront. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember what the Z stands for, so I'm going to let you handle this one. But this <laughs> this figure, mind you, the way like you've been doing numbers today. I, can, um, I, I practice this one. Are you sure? I, I'll give it a go. Okay, because uh, otherwise, you know what, who we're going to label you with the hashtag, huh? And it's got a Z in it as well, I'm just saying. So off we go. Give it to us, BT. Oh, really? Shaky ground all of a sudden. <laughs> so this is just a stat just to completely blow your mind. Nobody's actually going to make any sense of this, but it's – 44 zettabytes of data will be exchanged between connected devices between 20, by 2020. So by 2020, 44 zettabytes of data will be exchanged between connected devices. Now, to give you an idea, a zettabyte is a billion gigabytes. Could even be wrong. One, no, two, three. It's a, it's not. It's a billion, billion. It's a lot of gigabytes. <laughs> it's a, can we go, can saying. we go with a lot? Like the pinkies in position. Can, can we, can billion. we get Zuma in here to just try and read this number? It's like beer for the whole hour. It's a billion, one billion, two, three, four. It's, it's a billion, billion gigabytes. It's, it's a, it's one it's followed a, by a lot of zeros. Yeah. It's a billion petabytes. Yeah. It's, and it's a petabyte a is a billion. Gigabytes. So it's a billion, billion. If gigabyte. somebody out there actually knows what a zettabyte is and yeah, can let us help know. us count there, we don't even know. But this, come through and talk to us. I Big mean, data. Okay, it's just, it's a shitload of data. I mean, that's what it is. So, oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine or Twitter or WeChat. If you can confirm or tell us or deny or give us your own interpretation of a zettabyte, we'd love to hear it. Um, okay, so I mean, that's quite a cool intro to Internet of Things. Yeah. Do you want to get into some case studies? Sure. Like, how could we? How does this change the way things are? How, do, how does it change the face of, say, travel? So, now your home has been watching your research on your next holiday for the last three months because you've been watching pictures of Bora Bora and Bali, and we know you're going somewhere where you're going to need a costume. So now, as you're going up, you buy your tickets. Now the marketers know this guy's keen. This is the time which you, we have to market with him before he's the the point. What's it? The period of persuasion. Yeah. Uh, the point. The point of persuasion. The pop. Yeah. That's right. So we've got all of this time to now get this guy to buy Billabong board shorts, some sunscreen, maybe a new pair of Ray Ban, and you know, let's assume he's going with his family. Oh wait, we can see by his tickets he is, and he's making a stop by Frankfurt. But he's not just stopping in Frankfurt. He's actually going there for two nights. So maybe he's a beer lover because it's October, and he's going from like you know. He's going to Munich and he's going to go and join the beer fest. Then you'd be going in September. So now, now, by the way, but now October. October fest is actually in September. Just yeah, but beers are cheaper reason. if you go later, aren't they? Oh, okay. You get the dregs of what's left. <laughs> Look, not all of us are privileged enough to have made it. Hey? Are we talking about the beer now or the dregs of what's left? The so beer. let's let's just okay. say I know what I'm talking about. Okay. And uh, bearing on bearing mind that there's <laughs> going to be something happening in in Germany involving beer, <laughs> and I'm, if I'm a, if I'm in Germany for any extended period of time, I'm going to probably throw back a. A pint of, of three. We were talking about those big freaking Stein. those steins, yeah. those one point two liter glasses that get put in front of your face with an eyes by next to you. <laughs> and uh that so these are the things that starts to happen. It gets really scary because all you've done is what you would have done. I would like to go to Bora Bora or I'd like to go to an island paradise. I'm gonna buy my tickets and it starts to increment. Now this is where we've always had uh, uh one of our regular guests, Candace, uh Sutherland come in. 
and talk about safety. So as much as we start to get connected and we start loving this connected yep. world, you have to be aware of what you're doing. But I don't want to always bash the security. I think it's important. But I think there's some really awesome things that happen with this. Now with online shopping, you can order all of that stuff. Say you you give in to all the sales and you, you buy your stuff. You don't even need to pack a bag anymore because you can have all of the clothes that you've bought through all your online marketing sent to your hotel room. Like that to me makes sense. Like I would love this idea. So I, I have one problem with this, okay? And it's called ad serving and ad blocking, which is mm. the current world war that we're experiencing. So yeah. for, for all those people that don't really understand ad blocking or ad serving technology, when you play that free game on, on uh, your Android phone and the ad pops up, there are now apps that block the ads. And the appeals that we're having at the moment is that if you block our ads, we make no money. We can't give you this cool content. And consumers are going, we don't care. So um, all the time and investment into the algorithms that work out what you're doing online and, and creating these experiences, and they work. I mean, Brett, mm. let's be honest. We've all had that impulse buy purely because mm. of ad generation and uh, tracking. Yeah. But how does this play out? Because if people start blocking ads, and it's easy to do. I mean, you can Google an ad blocking plugin, and it, Chrome does it for you free. Um, the, the the people that own and deliver this cool stuff are going to go, well, here's the middle finger. You're giving it to us. We're not earning a living. Sorry. That's exactly what the Internet of Things is doing. It's coming about because of through necessity. So these brands are giving Nespresso, are giving you a into connect a connected machine. Did you hear that Nespresso? That's about the fifth punch you've been given. We here's our number for you. It's oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine. And our delivery address for you to bring yeah. it. Uh, we'll let Let's you know. Let's play with this thing. Yeah, bring it in. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean it. It it will. It connects the analytics that it needs, that are actually much better analytics than the shotgun effect of content marketing. So if we're going to PVR fast forward through all of the ads on above the line broadcast, or we're going to just completely ignore the banners and the websites and skip this ad on YouTube every single time we get the chance, yeah. um, they better get really, really creative in five seconds or they're going to have to do something else. And this is where the internet of things is actually happening. So marketing is becoming a little bit more clandestine and underhanded. It's getting a little bit sneaky with how you do it because people want the latest, greatest things and to some extent are willing to accept the things that go along with it. So yeah, you're connected to coffee machines, you're connected fridges. Um, it's, it's, do you need to market when you already know what's happening? So, and a lot of the time they'll know the type of people you hang out with. So instead of trying to do a big billboard on the N1 highway, they'll have a very targeted approach to finding your friends through your mediums because you're using their device. I'm just I'm just smiling because we were looking at some slides earlier, mm. and I showed you that one called Instanonymous. Yeah, um, you know we're we're Instagram <laughs> pictures now wearing uh, anonymous masks. Yeah. But you know this is a thing we you know we want these services, we want this technology. Yeah. I've never ever sat in a in a forum or with my mates or anything and said, how cool would it be to have X? And everyone's gone, oh no, my privacy. But people are forgetting how important privacy is. All they mm. They prepare to turn a blind eye. I mean, I've done it. But that's, I've gone, that's well, I know you're doing it. I know you're getting my data. I don't care because I'm getting awesome content from you. What happens then when that all just goes, you know, bucket of shit against the wall as such? Yeah. So we like to think of consumers as engagers because we like to think that if you call a consumer, you're going to consume something and it's gone. Uh, when you engage with something, the engagement period exists and carries on. Um, but 
we are by nature consumers. Sure. Uh, so we want to consume things. There are, there are always going to be more of us that consume than there are that don't. And, um, we're all going to engage at some point. Uh, that's, that's a given. Uh, you can't, unless you're living in Iraq or you're living in one of those tribal lands in the Amazon jungle, you're going to connect. Hey, you've seen the videos on Net Geo. They yeah. connected as well. Yeah. I mean, they had to use a one kilometer uh, zoom lens on the guys to try and not scare them away, but they did I mean, it. I've just come back from an island when there is nothing on the island, but the guys had cell phones. You yeah. know, somewhere there was a mast. I don't know where. I didn't see it. But the, the local people on the island had a phone. And yeah. They were talking on their phones. So, yeah. Well, there was a, a stat that I saw the other day. There are more mobile phones in India than there are toilets. And in Africa, there are more mobile phones than there are toothbrushes. Uh, so, you know, personal hygiene and, and, and healthcare really do come second to digital. So we're talking about consumers and engagers. People are going to connect. You may not want to kiss that person when you uh, find them, but, uh. No, but the worst part is they might off. Yeah, sorry, he wants to speak to you and they hand the phone over. <laughs> all they're doing is really just helping our online dating out, really. That's, that's all they're doing. It's like, you don't brush your teeth and you may or may not have a toilet. Well, let's just keep this online then, shall we? Yeah, no, 100%. So throw another case study at us on IoT. Well, the, the one thing that landed today, we spoke about the, the connected cars and connected roads. Now, in the UK, have just gone ahead with a trial of driverless lorries. No. Yeah. No. So they're going to be, and they've already been trialed in Germany and, and uh, I think uh, France, but they're going ahead with it. I saw it in Sky and I'm just checking it again on BBC. And they are going, I'm just going to find a nice quote in here, but they're literally looking for driverless lorries to be trialed in the UK. Now, what I saw on Sky is that these, these lorries are going to be able to sort of drone with each other. So one lorry driving in the front will then have uh, a number of lorries behind them. And when we say when they say lorries, they mean big trucks, people, like 18-wheeler trucks. And uh, so the lead truck will then become the, the, the master and all the others become drones or slaves. Up to 10 of them can go in single file. And the leader will then, through Wi-Fi, GPS, and Bluetooth, be able to control uh, acceleration, destination, fuel consumption, and a whole bunch of these things. Now, the problem with this that, well, I can see straight off the bat is you're going to end up having with these 10 lorry, like, road trains in the UK and everywhere else. Um, I, I mean, you can see my facial expression. Yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of work like, with with um, vehicles before. Yeah. I'm such a name brands. Um, you know, the initial thought is that's awesome. Yes. Because you could control the traffic flow. So instead of having nine or 10 random vehicles um, driving around at any time, you now know when the times are. Again, the guys from you know the navigation companies will be able to pick this up and translate it back to us. But what happens when one of those vehicles goes wrong? I mean, can you imagine the impact that that would go? Let's yeah. say vehicle number seven brakes fail. Yeah. Um, and that kind of enormity of, of error yeah. Is scary. So during the trial period, they have said that they're going to have a driver there who's literally just there to handle um, it when things go wrong. But I, I don't know what they're going to do when the brakes fail. But I'm sure brakes fail all the time on on lorries. And they've but got that's some where plan. a person exactly. can actually yeah, try and steer it or do something. Um, for the most extent, we believe in this this year of innovation that we're in, and we we kind of feel that if you're not trying, um, you're failing anyway. So you may as well try, and if you fail, you've learned. Uh, so the idea that they're trialing it is is really cool. There's going to be objection. There's always objection to new things. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I also. I think but it I, is cool. I welcome objection. I think it's great because it helps you fine tune the solution a lot better. Um, you know, for 
again, not to be negative. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm quite happy about the fact that uh, they are trying these things. But you know, your flows, your wor- your uh, you just use the word uh, street train. Yeah. Um, basically, you've got this kilometer of cars. I'm going to be sitting on an Omran trying to get onto the highway and never can. Um, I think we've got a call that's coming let's through. Yeah, let's uh, let's go. Uh, is that Frank? Yeah, how's it? How are you guys? Yeah, good and you? No, no, I'm good. This is a great show, by the way. Thanks oh, so thank much. you. Yeah, we, we're traveling now, and I'm listening to all this. Uh, just, to, just to point of mention, one of your earlier uh, topics was all the ad-sitting that comes up. You know, you get free content, and then you, you get your pop-up ads. Right. Um, you know, where you get the people that, that generate this, 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 this wonderful content, that, that needs this ad revenue to keep doing what they're doing. What I think of that is happening from the consumer perspective is that it becomes a bit too much. You know, um, yes, we enjoy the, 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 the content and we don't find one or two ads. You know, but if, if you're looking seven pop-ups in, in a space of five minutes, it's too much. And so, you know, as, as, Let's be fair here. You've got developers saying, no, but now the consumers are blocking the ads that we use as revenue. But is it not possible that some of these developers are getting greedy as well? Frank, I agree with you 100%. And in fact, um, what, I, what I've been looking at lately on some of the apps uh, is exactly that. I think some of these developers are addressing that. So I'm, I'm going to use Angry Birds as an example, and I'm smiling because everyone knows I always seem to go back to that app. But what they're doing now is they're saying, if you want to play one more life, just watch our ad. So they're not yeah. banging your screen with an interstitial or a pop-up or something that actually bugs you as a consumer. They're saying, continue your journey and watch this ad. So it's choice. And just just to add on that, uh, Speed 2, uh, the, uh, the point of engagement, the philosophy that around engagement that we've sort of generated over, over time has been one that there has to be value on both points of the engagement. So you can't just push all the time. Uh, and a lot of the time... Users or engagers should be quite happy to engage with that uh, content, uh, given given the cost of maybe a marketing ploy here or there. Uh, but I, I do I do agree with you where it, it's starting to get a bit uh, crazier that the, the disruptive nature of it is disrupted, and we need to yeah, check it out. Absolutely. Well, thanks well, for the call, though. Yeah, I mean, thanks Frank, for the that's thoughts. great insight. Thank you. Keep listening and share the love. Drive safe. Cool, man. Drive safe. Cheers. Ciao, ciao. Well, that was cool. So there's a Internet of Things. Yeah. Frank sitting in the car. Hopefully, hopefully on a hands-free. Hands <laughs> Frank, you were on a hands-free. Sounded like it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, let's just stay with that because that does go back to where we were and it goes back to the Internet of Things as well. Yeah. Consumers are funny, funny people. Yeah. We want everything for free. We don't want to pay for anything. But when we get stuff for free and there's terms and conditions, then we moan about it. But I agree with them 100%. And I think or well, I'd like to believe um, – that the developers out there are doing it. You know, with that example I used, um, also with, you know, if, if you look at these, um, they're not necessarily ad serving, but they'll show you one ad before it plays, yeah. you know, before you open it and then you don't see it again. Yeah. So guys in the development space, you know, listen to what Frank said, listen to what we're saying, listen to what the market says. Carry on putting your ads in there, carry on earning your revenue, but, but don't learn, learn from it. Hundred yeah. percent. I think the problem that has, the reason why this has come about though is because um, we've come from traditional marketing platforms or uh, traditional advertising avenues, and as digital started to take a bit more of a prevalent role in people's lifestyles, um, we've kind of napsted life uh, instead of the music <laughs> industry. Cool. You know what I mean? So like uh, marketers and advertisers have had to 
really try and keep up, and they're trying whatever they can at that time with this traditional way of thinking, the fundamental marketing perspective, uh, and trying to adopt it into a new digital space. Uh, and some of the things are adopted really, really, you know, n- natively or fluidly, but the the rest of them go down with the, they go down with teeth. And so I want to go back to your trucks thing because yeah. while I was talking to Frank and I'm thinking, well, Frank's driving this car. What happens if a a train of trucks comes uh, well, trundling along the Tollway. How was that for tease? Yeah, he would know about it. He'd be sitting behind it going, when does it end? Sooner or later, he'd know about it. Remember those stickers? Like when you drive long distance, you see it, you know, objects in the rear view mirror or keep left and pass right. You'd never be able to freaking pass. I mean, this thing would be. Well, one of the, one of the truck drivers on the Sky News report, one of the truck drivers of 25 years experience was saying, what if people are going to get what if people are getting on board or getting onto the highway and there's 10 trucks rattling down the, the speed? Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that at a certain point, and this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get a, uh, I want to uh, try and avoid the word conformity, but they're trying to get a little bit more regulation happening on, on this, on the highways. And at a certain point, they wouldn't be in the slow lane because they'd be at a certain point. The nice thing about this sort of truck train idea is that they, place themselves or position themselves close enough to each other that they the drag that's caused from the back of the truck is lessened so they actually become a more fuel account, oh, fuel okay. efficient and all these yeah, things so yeah, there's yeah. there's benefits to to all of that as well but look it's going to be an interesting trial and it's just started i mean these are these are reports that came through this morning this guy we're talking about it bbc been reporting it since uh, last last week and it's going to be an interesting trial to definitely keep an eye on but it's happening and this is the thing people are like oh cool when it gets here i'm like it's here uh, so it's that, but we keep saying that, you know, and with your awesome hashtag this morning of ThinkTonet, yeah. we keep saying like when it happens or if this happens, it's happened. I mean, it's already, yeah. um, you know, it, we living it. Um, the, the other thing I was, I was like thinking about with that truck side of it. If, if you've got vehicles that are monitored, okay, and they being controlled by, let's call it the lead person. Yeah. They could probably start plugging into the traffic systems and saying, okay, the robot's about to turn green. That means in 32 seconds, a fleet of cars are going to want to enter. Handbrake or split. Split the whole story between the two. You know, so you've got five going forward, yeah. five holding back. Let the flow in because they'll know that it turns red, no more cars are coming, and let the fleet catch up again. So I think it's actually quite an exciting space. But when you start sure. talking about reduced drag, reduced emissions, um, the fact that you look, I'm not, I'm never ever that happy about people losing their jobs. I mean, let's just put that out there. As much as you and I focus on technology, yeah, um, uh, we we firmly believe that they're not, they don't replace the human. Correct, but you know, you are you are potentially taking non-human potential errors off the road because nine drivers have nine different thoughts, mm. whereas one driver and co-pilots or whatever make you know, a, a singular decision. Yeah. So there's some exciting stuff and it'll be interesting to follow that. Uh, like it's setting up a really nice tapestry for the singularity that's coming soon. Eventually then the machines and the minds all start to mix and become one. Uh, if we could download our entire like existence onto a c- computer and live forever, uh, that would be quite a thing. And I think this is literally just painting the picture and setting us up for it. Artificial intelligence, that kind of stuff. Terminator is not that far of a, of a reality, to be honest. Well, you talk about speaking, um, living forever. Yeah. Um, someone I think was on one of the radio shows this morning was saying that what we need to realize is that Facebook's going to become the biggest graveyard in the world because yeah. all those profiles of people that die still live, inverted commas, 
you know. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how those policies come in place. That, for example, they don't take down um, they don't take down your profile. Yeah. But something like the Internet of Things would be able to pick up normal movement in your home. You're not utilizing any of your accounts. You're not engaging with any people. Your phone's not ringing. Your bills are being cut, etc., etc., etc. Question: Are you dead? Yes. Cool. Kill yeah. the account. So. There's lots of different uh, upsides and, and way these things go. Yeah. Um, we are getting towards the end of the show, but I, I, do you have any other case studies that you've you've come across that, that also try and just, highlight? Just, just quick ones. I mean, food, uh, the speed at which food is served, uh, if you look at drive- Depends where you're sitting. Yeah, well, <laughs> drive through uh, sort of speed as well. So coming off the road and you need to go and do drive through. They, they have started to do internet things where you, know, you automate- a patty going onto a, a heat and you know the heat has to be this much time and you know that the length of the it's all calculated the internet of things and you start to calculate not just uh, how it's done but also the usage okay so before you carry on there message has just come through mm. you know going towards like losing jobs safe roads the taxi drivers yeah, I'm talking about the minibus taxis here in South Africa I mean they would be the first targets um, to to potentially lose their jobs if those vehicles became smart or connected however i'd like to think that they'd be the first trial i'd like to think that i'd be quite happy to pay their salaries to sit at home and stay off the roads <laughs> um, and make sure that those vehicles are more efficient so i think there'll be workarounds but yeah. what i'd I, it's I think a what, this, sword, what this message that's come through and yeah. what we're talking about and the human uh, machine relationship yeah what's important though you know is people need to sit down and say how do we make it better how do we make it more efficient? How yeah. do we not hurt people's lives in the sense of livelihood? Yeah. But ultimately, you know, we're moving in that direction. I wish that I think that I wish that much thought got put into all these things when they started happening. But I hey, think the uh, futurology, buddy. Yeah, no, we can good. hope. Yeah, yeah. We, we started here. <laughs> Go back to food, speed, efficiency, food, heat, all of that. And um, I mean, foodies are getting. All, they're getting more and more. The the more awareness there is around things like MasterChef and just these, we're getting back to the the world of craft. And I think that's one of the things that Internet of Things and this digital engagement has has started to hone a bit more, is um, this idea of craft, this idea that we can do things with our hands. So yes, while there's a rise of Internet of Things and this sort of uh, detraction from uh, people talking to each other, it's actually growing this idea that food becomes a craft thing. But digital is helping that as well. So we can say that, yes, Internet of Things is doing some stuff, but we've already spoken about coffee machines. We've spoken about the right temperature to keep um, food in your temp- in your fridge. We've spoken about the storage life of uh, product on shelf in, in shopping centers. And it, it all comes down to just making sure that we've got the best available for the longest amount of time. And we're nothing but consumers. So we've got to make sure that you know we, we can't live off data alone. Uh, yeah, uh, but then you also look at some of the trials where it starts to, uh, you know, and you mentioned that with the bath example. Yeah. It knows it's lunchtime. It knows you're driving this way. It knows your favorite restaurant is yeah. X. Um, well, I'm, dying, I'm dying to get the Rocker Mama's menu into a digital form and start doing the analytics of who likes jalapeno. What is the slant of cheese versus like sauce? And I, I love the, I love the mechanic of having to choose, build my own, uh, burger and stuff, but, if that was in a digital it's space. It's a perfect example. Yeah. They're still using pen and paper. Yeah. So if you're listening to Rocker Mummers, we'd love to chat, to call one of the B1s or B2s, and we'll both come through and have a great meal. But we'll also tr- try and show you how the analytic of data can actually start changing the way you can follow trends in what people are consuming. And that's very important as well because it doesn't just help on the end side where consumers are actually 
eating and consuming all of this food. But then we can track all the way back and do better farm management because now we know how many how much beef we need, how much uh, vegetables we need. And it, it really does help this interconnected world start to uh, develop a lot a lot better. So it all comes down to good interpretation of raw data, allowing for quicker, more efficient decision-making biz- with business information. And that's really what a lot of this is all going to add to it. When we walked in earlier, I mean, some of the people sitting in the studio were saying the biggest challenge on the Internet of Things mm. is the fuel, the data. So not, and we've been sitting here talking about how we're going to use data in the sense of collected information. This person was actually talking about the fact that data, the the cost of data. Now, you know, we joked about a first world versus third world. That unfortunately is the real commodity issue for us is that it can happen in the first world easily because one, they have the tech. Two, they have the propensity to consume. And three, data is not a question. No one picks up their phone and goes, oh shit, should I order something that's going to cost me you know, one megabyte. Yeah. Yeah, it's the opposite. It's here, do we actually have the money? Two, the tech's kind of there, but in, in a, a few of the population's hands. But the biggest killer is the price of data. Yeah. That's got it. You know, and, and I think you were saying, we. in fact, here's, a, here's an open challenge. Um, you know, get the MVNOs in here. Yeah. Get them in here to come and tell us what are they doing to help the people actually become connected. Well, the nice thing is that as things like IoT starts to, Gain ground uh, and and get bigger and bigger. The uh, the important the value is actually in the amount of people using uh, the things. So if you put barriers in the way like cost, which is always going to be the first barrier to anything, if you put barriers like that in the way, it'll limit the amount of people interacting with the thing. So you're going to see as time goes on, as the Internet of Things starts to grow, so the price of data, the the access to data will start to drop as well. So it's it's sort of just the, the the micro macroeconomics of digital, if you will. But because one thing is affecting the other, you'll start to see that that cost has to fall, uh, primarily because their interest is more in the amount of people interacting than the quality of data that they're actually consuming. Uh, I'm looking through a, a hot or not slide that came out of an agency in Australia. Yeah. Because um, you know, talking about the connected devices, so we've been talking about virtual reality now forever. Yeah. And Mobile World Congress has confirmed. That VR is definitely a way we're going. And the, the little comment here, they had like a hot or not, like a thumbs up and a thumbs down. Um, hot is the virtual reality gold rush. I mean, everyone's jumping onto it. They all bring out headsets. Yeah. But the nod is the virtual reality headaches. And I'm, I'm just picturing this now. We have to have a chip inside the headset that goes, Ooh, you've spent too many hours playing in the VR world. Stand Can I up. book an appointment? Yes. <laughs> stand up. Breathe you in. No, you can't stand up with VR. You'll fall over. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, but this is the kind of realities that we're looking at, you know, is that this, this connected world, yeah. um, does come with its challenges. Oh, for you know, sure. we're going to, we're going to see, um, there was that, we were talking about what's it, A, ADHD. Yeah. Um, the new one was what ASR or something, yeah. which is attention span rehabilitation. Yeah. You know, I haven't looked at my screen for the last six seconds. Yeah, Help. We, yes. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a similar one as well that we did with ADD when attention deficit disorder and I've, I'm a firm victim of ADD. If oh, you want to paint Look, me as a victim brush. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, I, I joke that ADD is actually another digital device and that's quite cool. Yeah. But in this day and age, it really is about quality now. If you really, if you want to get someone to engage with you, you first have to get their attention. And, uh, we always joke in this sort of four screen society. In this four screen society, the largest screen in the house doesn't always attract the most attention. So it's about the quality of content and people are becoming very discerning about how they engage with digital. No, that's awesome. Look, I, uh, 
I think we're coming to the end of it. I mean, I know with you and me, uh, I mean, even when we have guests here, but you only just started, man. I know. Well, that's the exciting thing. Um, so, but let's let's put a call out. Sorry, just because we're going to keep, we got the show on again every Monday, three o'clock. If you guys have got some thoughts around hashtag futurology, uh, tweet at cliffcentral.com. Hashtag Futurology. We'll check those questions out and we'll, we'll try and answer them to the best of our ability or get someone, idea. or get someone in that can answer it. But awesome yeah. idea, guys. So yeah, there it is. You know, all the, the handles and everything else. And, uh, until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. This is cliffcentral.com.